it's Eric from Wild Talk, and you're listening to MASHcast on Mash Those Buttons. Episode 161 of the Mash Those Buttons Mash Cast. I am Jarrett, and I'm here with Games Industry Public Defender and the Scourge of Ironforge, Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and also here with us, uh, the host of Mash Those Buttons in Orbit, Jorge Vagija. Wow, could you stumble any, any further on that one? I was actually kind of laughing. I was oh. like, Mash Those Buttons... Isn't that us? Yes, that's us. (laughs) (laughs) How how come you introduce him as the host of In Orbit, but you don't introduce me as the host of WoW Talk? Because you're a permanent fixture here. You were a a MASHcast host before you were a WoW Talk host. That is true. And because I'm Latino and cute. You are Latino. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so this is episode 161. Let's uh let's kind of hop right into the news bites here. A couple things uh, we just want to bring up quickly. One is Riot Games bans G2A sponsorship. So there were several teams that were sponsored by G2A, and for those who, who may remember or may not remember, I should say, G2A uh, is a website that resells keys, like secondhand key sales. So if somebody gets a key, they can a key for a game that is. Um, they can sell it on G2A and make a little cash. Uh, there was a report that came out not long ago that uh, noted that a lot of those keys were not legit. Like I think Ubisoft actually deactivated any keys that were sold through G2A and another website because a lot of the keys were not legit. And even some of the keys that were legit, found we found that... Um, a lot of the uh, a lot of them came from like review copies and stuff like that, which is a big no no. Uh, but G two A has other services, including like ELO boosting and other things that Riot doesn't like, and they were sponsoring a few teams, uh, mainly Cloud Nine, Counter Logic Gaming, H two K, Pain and Pain Gaming. And Riot's like, whoop, nope, gotta can't can't wear their uh, their logo on your shirts, and they can't sponsor you for these tournaments, so. That was that. Uh, and I, I don't know if Riot has ever um, done that before. Well, I mean, uh, outside of Riot, aren't, aren't there other um, comp- game companies that have uh, resell, uh, a resale program for old games that you can sell back the keys and uh, they can sell it to other people? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of websites. I know G2A is one of the large ones. I can't remember... I can't. There's another large one. I can't remember the name of. I never use those services. Right. I mean, I, I, I something about a, anything involving a, a a key for a program, let alone a game, even though a game is a pretty much a program. 
Um, it, it just, it, it always ends up badly. And when I heard this, I was just like, well, what did you expect? <laughs> right. Well, there's a lot of people using that too. Um, but I know G2A has, uh, they, they launched an appeal mm-hmm. uh, to the esports community and it kind of doesn't make a difference. Like there's no, there's no <laughs> sponsors union or anything like that here. So if Riot says no, um, <laughs> then, then it's not going to happen. Fighting um, against Goodell on this one, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that that's that 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 that's happening. Uh, over uh, actually, I think LCS was recently. It's like is it, I think it was, was it the, this weekend that just passed, or uh, yeah, I think was, so. Yeah, like it was it was pretty recently. So this is uh pretty relevant news. Uh, moving on though, uh, Sony has cut the price of the PlayStation Four to three forty nine. 99 in the U.S. Trying to stay competitive with, with the upcoming holiday season. They do not want to give Microsoft any breaks here. And, and it's a smart move. I mean, like, you know, a parent walks into a store, they see one console, 400 another 350 They're more likely to buy the $350 console. Mm. Uh, the, the only reason I saw this is because flash memory has become cheaper. Um, and, or not flash memory. Just storage in, in general has become cheaper. And they already have the one terabyte version of their systems coming out. Right. So at a certain point, they were just going to refresh all the PlayStations anyway, and they're just going to have them at the one terabyte level. I don't see them pulling the Nintendo where they have the, you know, the the lower version and then the upper version. Uh, I think they're just going to stick with that one and and that'd be it. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, they're still making a profit off. Oh, they're, Xbox they're, is not. they're definitely making a huge profit out of it. I mean, like I mentioned, storage uh, isn't that expensive. It really isn't. You can buy a two terabyte hard drive now for. I've seen it for seventy bucks, which is amazing to me. Um, two terabyte, try three terabyte. I got one of those sitting in my system right now. Right. I, so, I, I I don't see. The only reason they dropped it was to make it more competitive, but in in the, in the marketplace. But it, it's I don't see it as a huge game changer, to be honest. Nah, nah, they, they did it just to place themselves properly against Microsoft, from what I could see. Mm-hmm. Um, last I checked, it, the their in order for them to lose money selling the PS4, they would need to sell it below three twenty five as it stands right now. Right. Um. And so you know, three fifty. They're still making a profit. Microsoft is not. Uh, Microsoft, I think they start losing money at the three seventy five mark, but they're just trying to get it into people's homes at this point. Right. So yeah, they're 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 getting ready for the uh, for the holidays by dropping the price. So we'll see what happens. Um, now, well, last week we did talk about microtransactions possibly coming to Tomb Raider. Well, now we uh, that has been confirmed. Microtransactions are definitely going to be in Tomb Raider in the form of decks. Um, a lot of games are using this deck strategy, I guess, where you can get you get these decks of cards that um, they give you, uh, you know, sometimes boosts in certain aspects, or they might modify the game in some way. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work in Tomb Raider. I'm gonna have to wait till I play it to find out. But I mean, I don't, I don't really expect it to change the game all that much. 
we'll see. They're just trying to find a way to to get fucking uh, you know, uh, some extra money out of the game. You know, I think the real question is whether the game will be balanced around needing those cards or not. I mean, presumably you'd be able to play the game just fine without them, and they just sort of enhance the experience. But I suppose it's possible if if you if you're terrible at the game that you may need to go out and buy whatever cards there are that actually help it help you, you know, complete a level faster or easier or whatever. Right, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, I, the, the, I mean, ultimately the game should not need the cards at all. That's why I'm kind of just like, I'm not, I, when I when I read what the, what the microtransactions were for these expedition card packs, I was just like, I'm probably never going to use it. But I don't. I would if the game forces you to use it in some way. I'm not necessarily uh, a fan of that. Like I said, I, I would have to see how it plays out. You're you're a boss. You, you won't need to use the cards. Yeah, you'll be, but... you'll be using the cards that make it more difficult. <laughs> I just want like when a, with a game like Tomb Raider, I just want to fucking play the game. Like I just want to play the game and uh, you know enjoy the story and enjoy the gameplay, and that's it. And uh, if if I'm forced to use these cards to do anything, then I'm going to be uh, kind of upset. You know, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, last up on the news bites, a Kickstarter that was that successfully kickstarted ran out of money. Uh, they requested, well, they got twenty. Oh, sorry, seventy three thousand dollars from the Kickstarter, but uh, not long ago, the the uh, one of the developers of the game said that we ran out of money and we need more money. <laughs> and it was and, about two hundred, oh, almost two hundred thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was. Uh, he said between. No, sorry, it's between one hundred twenty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand. They would need. Right, but that's in addition to the original. Yeah, so amount. it's oh yeah, like it, but it's over two hundred thousand. Basically, they would need. Right. Um, and the thing is, they knew. They knew that they would need more money before the Kickstarter, so I don't. It feels like they try to treat it like this, like an investment where you get, you know, rounds of of money. You know, that's what it felt like. They treated it like it was an investment, and they're like, "Well, when we need, you know, when we need to get a second round of money, we'll just go do another Kickstarter." That's kind of, uh, you know, failing them because people are pissed about it, and they're also looking for publishers to to help out and, uh, you know, try to pick up the game. And nothing says, uh, you know, oh, you know, help me out and you know, my game's going to be successful than somebody who uh, mismanages money, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's a big no-no. Publishers yeah. are going to run away from that. Yeah, so it's really, this is just another example of, of why you got to be careful with Kickstarters. I think I read a comment somewhere. Somebody said, dude, if the Kickstarter, if a game... It's trying to kickstart for less than $200,000. Don't even bother. Because mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. You know. So you said, I think it was like $200,000 could, you know, support four developers. Poorly, that is. <laughs> you know, especially if you live out in California. Um, so, it, yeah. If you get a kickstarter for less than $200,000 for a game, you might want to rethink that. I mean, the game itself looks interesting. It looks... uh the, the the way it looks with the uh with the with the pilot, with the pixels and stuff uh looks like a really nice super nintendo game <laughs> but uh 
Yeah, looks like it's not going to happen. I really can't see this taking off. Shame. I just want to go to my boss and be like, I, st- I know I said I could do my work for the year for this much money, but I'm going to need more if you want me to do the work that I said I was going to do. So, Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, And uh, hopefully this uh, nobody who kickstarted it lived in Seattle. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Uh, I mean, I've I've only supported one Kickstarter campaign, and it's just because when I saw it, it, it seemed like they had a, a good, solid idea for the project. It was a small group. It, it was a group of, of four people. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of it, uh, Chasm. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, it, it's basically a Metroidvania in, uh, style um, set in World War II where some soldier gets lost and, you know, he's trying to get out of the whole thing to go back to his family or whatnot. And he deals with getting lost in a chasm. So it, it, the story was seemed really cool. And, and it and it's cool to see where it is right now compared to what, when it started. I already knew going into it that it was going to be a multi-year thing. And I, I put in 20 bucks. I was just like, I feel generous. Why not? It's it's not a huge loss to me if if it never happens, but I mean that's the risk that you you go with when it comes to Kickstarter. You never know whether or not they're gonna be like, well, we need more money or this, you know, we can't really complete it anymore. Sorry guys, thank you for your investment and you you're out your money. So yeah. Anybody who's really upset at this needs to look at themselves and you know, kind of question that. Yeah, I uh, I kickstarted one project and that was the end game of the movie mm-hmm. and uh, i never got my blue special edition blu-ray um version of it mm-hmm. so i never kickstarted another thing again i didn't i didn't get my prize or my um what, what are those things called perks benefits what the fuck do they call them on kickstarter investment no not investment or, i forget what it is the thingy thing the rewards? Yeah. The rewards. Yeah, there we go. I never got... I didn't get all my rewards. I got the shirt. Um, I think I Return got a digital... Yeah, I think I got a digital version of the movie. I did get that. Uh, but I didn't use it. I didn't use the key because I was I wanted to watch it on Blu-ray. And so I was just waiting and waiting and waiting and it never came. So I, I eventually watched the movie on fucking Netflix. That's when it... it uh, uh, that's when I, I saw it for the first time. Uh, so yeah, I never, I never got my reward. One of the rewards that was owed to me. So therefore I never kickstarted another project. Once is enough, right? Was so, it any good? Yeah, I was in it. I was in it for five seconds. Cause there's a, there's a part where they're at PAX mm-hmm. and I'm in the background. <laughs> so. I still have uh, four, 14 minutes and 55 seconds of fame remaining. My, my little job. He's over there on Netflix. Yeah, you know, I was ready to do <laughs> press conferences and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our actual articles. Um, actually going into another uh, Kickstarter-related uh, topic here. Uh, more about Shinmu Three. Shinmu Three. Shinmu Three was one of the most successful Kickstarters uh, for video games ever. I think. What was he asking for? Like uh, two million, and he got like six point three million. Mm-hmm. 
but yet it's it's very well known that that's not enough money to make the game that he wants to make a truly open world game. Even though I guess technically speaking, if he wanted to make it in the vein of the previous Shenmue's, um, it doesn't need to be truly open world because Shenmue was never a, a a truly open world game. You know, you had you had there's certain places that you can go in certain parts of the game. Um, has anybody here actually ever played Shenmue? Yeah. One or two or both? Uh, both. All right, Nick? No. All right. Uh, well, just a quick question, Jorge. Did you ever get caught in the trap of only of only being able to work? No, I, I, I mean, I, I got through the whole thing. The, the, I, the problem with it was that I quickly lost interest. Uh, and yes. and that, I, I played it back when I was in Japan at the time. Um uh, many years ago and i was just like mm. well I mean, yeah but I, I guess i played it because it, everybody was playing it at the time um but i i know what you're talking about where like you think you, you, you're trying to move forward and you're just like well I'm, i got all these tasks that i have to do and, and then you never really move forward because all you keep doing is the same task and yeah, you get caught in a cycle of work like you wake up you go to work you go do something else and then it's time to go to bed Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I, I spent uh, you know uh, quite a bit of time doing that before I fi- finally figured out how to move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, like it, like Shimu like was like it was never really. I mean, it was for especially for its time, it was a bit more open than normal. Like it, it, they weren't pointing arrows all over the place. Like go here, do this, do that. You know, a lot of the game was trying to figure out. You know where you know what was a Shindi is like you know where, like where is he? How can I find him? And in some and in some cases, going into places where I didn't think there was going to be any action, mm-hmm. turned out that there was action. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like something was happening. Like QTE sequences were going on, and you know stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I he doesn't have to make the game truly open world, but I think that's what he wants to do. He wants to make it modern, and it bring you a truly open world game uh, and I hope he doesn't mean like open world like Metal Gear Solid 5 because it's going to need way more than 10 million dollars to do that to be honest with you here's, here's, my, here's my problem with Shenmue 3 the people like it got huge buzz because of E3 and because every, every, I don't want to make us sound older or anything but the older gamers who fell in love with it back then because it was uh, such a beautiful game and such, such so advanced for its time, um, they're looking at it through some very rose-colored glasses, and I don't think that it's Genmu Three really is the game that they're going to want. Um, no matter how faithful it is to the original, like I just don't see. I, I don't see the place for it. it. It's time has has come and gone, and and if they really keep it the old style, mm. so I don't think time has come and gone because I mean the closest thing we got to Shenmue was um, oh my god, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain was probably the closest thing we we've gotten to Shenmue in a long time. R- really? Yeah. So like, was was the. I don't know because I I guess I always thought of Heavy Rain as being a lot more cinematic. So Shenmue was kind of cin- cinematic in the same way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shenmue was very cinematic. Yeah, Shenmue was- Shenmue created QTEs, dude. Oh, okay. I you know there's somebody who probably pull out some other game that shows me I'm wrong, 
But I think on a massive scale, Shenmue really is responsible for QTEs and them being so successful. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference is that Shenmue actually had fighting portions. Like you did have portions where you did fight, and even that wasn't like straight up like brawler esque. Like that was more tactical. You know, block here, do this, do that. Um, but yeah, like that—that's obviously Heavy Rain was a close thing, and I loved Heavy Rain. And I do think that Shenmue, like a, a game with QTEs, is still room for it, especially good, good QTE sequences, not like shitty ones we see in in a lot of games where you know it's like it's supposed to it's supposed to represent quick time event, but yet the fucking arrow or button stays in place for God knows how long. You know, and like with Q, with uh, Shenmue, things would actually change depending on if you actually got a QTE, if you executed a QTE properly or not. You know. The scenario would change. Kind of like with Heavy Rain. Like, you know, if you did things right or wrong, you make certain decisions, it affects the game. Like, you know, you could have one less finger by the end of <laughs> Heavy Rain than if you actually, uh, you know, did it right. You know? So, um, yeah, I, I think I think there's still a place for a game like Shinmu. I, I really do. It's It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be advertised as some action-packed game. That's for damn sure. Yeah, definitely shouldn't. You know, but the fact that the the creator his his goal was two million, and he got triple that, and he's still saying that oh no, this isn't enough to do what we want to do. You know, like what are you gonna do with the sick? Like you you surpassed the goal, you're gonna get that money. You know, they're they're gonna get that money. It's not like they didn't meet their goal. So it's like, what are you gonna do with the money? Are you going to make a game or are you not? Well, they're going to make the game. It's just they're not going to make the game that they want. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I guess that's what he's saying is it's, the world's not going to be quite as open as he'd like to do without more money. Right. Well, hopefully, I mean, I guess all they have to do is at least make it the way it was before. You know, and if the game is good enough, he may, it might actually get picked up by a publisher. You never know. I'm surprised Sony didn't want to get more involved in this. Sony is usually pretty uh, good about picking up uh, titles like this. You know, Sony knows what's going on. They're they're like, we need to stay away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they picked up Journey for Christ's sake. That's not even a game. <laughs> <laughs> so well, somebody's throwing rocks at me right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's let's move on uh, to our next topic here. Uh, so we also talked last week about the voice actor strike. That is a go. They, the voice actor strike has been green lit. The voice actors union, I think it was like 96% of the union agreed. Uh, it was, they were in favor of the, of the, uh, strike. The strike, the strike isn't actually a go. They approved the union to, to decide to strike. So they're not on strike yet. But the union can now go on strike if it if it feels that it needs to. Oh, okay. That wasn't made clear. So, see so Nick and his reading. <laughs> it's it's basically semantics, and it's it's the equivalent of cocking your gun in a gunfight. Like, okay, so now that like you know they're ready to fire if they need to, but at this point they're still you know it's still a negotiating tactic. Right. Right. I don't know. I still don't. I really don't see a lot of these companies budging, though. 
Yeah, I mean, they missed their window for for a really effective effective strike back a couple months ago, when the games were still in development for this uh, for release this this Christmas season. If they had done it several months ago, then maybe they could have gotten somewhere. But well, now that the games are close to being released, well, think? even then, like only certain games, like uh, you know, uh, Uncharted, mm-hmm. yeah, that might be a problem. You know, Uncharted, like you know, uh, the voice actor of Uncharted, Nolan North, he goes on strike. That's an issue. Um, when is Uncharted you... supposed to be released? Uh, sometime next year. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think. Like you know, uh, what's the, what's the name of the guy who does Batman's voice? Uh, Oh, the the new guy, um, not the new guy, the guy who's all who's done oh, it for years. Kevin Conroy, uh, yeah, Kevin Conroy. Like if he was on strike, uh, you know, he that that's a problem for for Arkham, uh, for Ar- for Arkham Knight, you know. But a lot of these people, unfortunately, can be replaced. Like let's say Tara Strong goes on strike and she doesn't do the voice of Harley Quinn, but somebody else can still do the voice of Harley Quinn. I'm Bubbles. Yeah, like yeah, that's it's you know, and even like we, I think me and Nick talked about it. Uh, well, we definitely talked about it. They replaced David Hare, who is Solid Snake. He is Big Boss, and they managed to like Kojima managed to replace him. You know, so even if you have an iconic voice, that may not be enough to save you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if the, the voice actors would have to go on strike, and then nobody, there would have to be no. Uh, Nobody available at all for them to use for this to be effective, in my opinion. I think it yeah, it entirely depends on who's willing to cross the line. I mean, if you think back to before voice actors became prominent, we had a lot of developers doing the voice acting in their own games. Yeah. And that well could be who winds up you know, who who winds up doing the voices if there is a strike. Uh and then that may I th- I think depending on the quality that may well prove the voice actor's point. Because uh, I think, you know, a lot of these voice actors, we have gotten used to a certain, you know, production level that, you know, I think it, going back and listening to some older games, it may be hard for them to replicate. I mean, not every, you know, not every developer has a dynamic, booming voice. That is true. That's true. So, not saying it's going to be, com- the, the, the strike is going to be completely useless. I just don't know if it's going to be as effective as they want it or need it to be. More specifically, they yeah, they, they needed to be effective. They hold no leverage right now. It, it I think it entirely depends how long the strike goes. If if production is actually affected, or if I mean, if the developers are sitting there listening to the the recordings as they're doing them, and they're like, okay, we really need to get, you know, we really need to get Tara Strong back, um, you know, then yeah, I think that would give them, you know, that that would make the case for them. But if the developers are perfectly fine, I mean, we may not see the fruits of this until like a year from now. You know, or a year after they go on strike, when anything that was actually produced during that time comes out, and and reviewers are kind of like, yeah, the voices were a little bit off, I'm, and 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 ultimately, I don't think anybody's not going to buy a game because the voice acting is a little soft, especially if they know that there was a strike going on at the time. Yeah. But it 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 won't hurt the bottom line, but it'll just kind of make people feel a little bit like, yeah, this could have been better. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, it really doesn't affect the overall quality. I mean, it affects the overall quality of the product, but not enough to I think affect sales like it's not like it's just a an animated cartoon or you know a movie or something like that where the voice acting is way more important you know 
It, it's not like that. You don't buy a game to hear Kevin Conroy's voice. You you buy the game to play as Batman. Yeah, exactly. And it helped. It don't get me wrong. It definitely, definitely made the oh, game yes. better. Make, makes it more wrong. immersive. Yes, exactly. But Arkham Knight would have still been amazing without his voice. You know that that's the thing. It still would have been amazing without his voice. I think that's what they have to deal with here. Like in in the video game industry, they're important, but I don't think they're as important as they think they might be. Not enough to get like you know because they want money on the back end. Like once a game makes a profit, they want money from that profit. You know, and that I think like Activision's like you know <laughs> you have to pull it out of my cold dead hands <laughs> at this point. You know, then I I. I I just don't think they have the leverage they think they do, unfortunately. What if the solution to this is that if you you can get like your base crappy voice acting in all the games, but for DLC you can get professional voice actors, and that DLC cost goes directly to those voice actors? Then that's a DLC nobody's buying. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the worst idea you've ever had, Nick. Yeah, that that was pretty bad. <laughs> WB, if uh, Ken Kevin Conroy doesn't want to do Batman for you, here here's my audition. I'm Batman. See gold right there. I'll do it right now for five bucks. Let's go. That was so disrespectful, Jorge. What's your point? <laughs> oh, so disrespectful. He, he's the best Batman. Okay. Your mom's the best Batman. What's your point? She is the best Batman. Your point. Okay then. Your move. That's right. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I I, I, would, I hate to see the strike because I do enjoy good voice acting, but I just I'm, I'm still of the thought that it, I don't think it's going to work out as well as they hope it does. You know that that, that back end pay. You know, maybe some of the other safety precautions, like you know, uh, maybe getting a little extra pay for not a little extra pay, but you know, uh, uh, stunt pay for uh, vocally intensive work or making sure that um, if they have to do mocap, that there's a, a coordinator on site. I mean, uh, I think they might be able to pull that stuff. But the extra pay, when you get involved with those dollars, man, this doesn't work out. Well, you know, too, a lot of their demands, I mean, th- some of those demands may be in there just as negotiating tactics, that they know they're not going to get more money, but maybe they, they can at least negotiate them down to getting those coordinators and whatnot. So, right. I mean, it's all... You know, I'm I'm no negotiator. It's, it's it's all complex. This is true. This is true. All right. Well, let's move on to our next topic: uh, Steam machines. Oh, the most useless thing ever created. We're gonna get to that. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's come out that Valve will be pushing Steam machines exclusively at GameStop and EB Games in the U.S. and then Game in UK. Uh, it also came out that the prices are starting, starting at four forty nine ninety nine. LOL. Yeah, it's like, dude, dude, did you not learn anything from what happened to Microsoft? You know, like it's, did you not learn anything? Like, the the sweet spot for console sales is four hundred dollars. It's four hundred bucks. That's the sweet sweet spot for a console sale, and you can't tell me that. 449 is for PC players. You know, they're, they're hoping to get PC players on this. 
Because PC players already have PCs. What's going to happen for PC players, we're going to buy Steam Link for 50 bucks, and we're going to hook that up to a television, and that's it. You know? I'll put a Steam Link on every TV I have. Because they're 50 bucks a piece. Side note. It's amazing to me that 400 is a sweet spot now. I remember when 200 was a sweet spot, and then 300, and now 400. That's well, because, it's because... Um, if it was still two hundred or even three hundred, we wouldn't have consoles. Oh, I, I mean, I, 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 I completely understand that the price needed to reflect the cost of materials. It's, it's just to me, it's, it's still funny that it used to be two hundred, now it's three, then three hundred, now it's four hundred. But that's beside the point. Yeah, but think, I mean, yeah, just think about it. Though. They do way more though. So oh, you have to do. Oh, they do. Have... You know, it, it is a good you know doorstop, um, <laughs> or a Blu-ray player. Or right. Netflix player, you know. Right. That's what your mom knows the Xbox for. Oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, that 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 that, that starts at four ninety nine, four four forty nine ninety nine, and on top of that, there's going to be multiple manufacturers. Um, some of the Steam boxes will be a thousand dollars plus, right? You know, and I don't know. The, the more I hear about the Steam boxes. Uh, the more irrelevant they kind of seem, because one, it's just priced too high. You got to price it. You, the The base model for a Steam machine should have been two hundred to three hundred dollars with expansion slots. So you go, you can swap out graphics cards. You can swap out RAM. That's what. That's what. I don't, why is nobody making this? Why is nobody making a con- like a console that does it, these things? You have your initial investment. And you can get you can get continued hardware sales every year or or two years by pushing out a graphics card or enhanced graphics for seventy five bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, more RAM for uh, twenty five to fifty bucks. You know, but nobody nobody seems to do that. But I, I think the pricing it's just too high, and it needs to break into the console market. So it needs to be cheaper than the current consoles. They it can't even be the same price. It can't even be three fifty. It needs to be at a max 300. I think part of the problem here is that, like we talked earlier about Sony lowering the price of the PlayStation, and you have one company there with one product that they can analyze the market and then make their decisions based on what they see, and especially with respect to the competition between Sony and Microsoft, you know, make decisions regarding that. The problem here is that you've got so many different people involved with the Steam machines, you've got different companies manufacturing them you've got valve behind it all that there's no nobody sort of saying like okay this is our dedicated unified vision for how we see this device playing out this is our our unified marketing strategy so it's it's not coherent and you're you're winding up with people you know i think everybody's kind of thinking like okay well we'll take the high end we'll be the high end steam machine and we'll let somebody else go for that low hanging you know the, the the subpar one that may actually compete with the existing consoles and nobody's going for that and that i, I think that may be why we're 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 seeing we're seeing the price dis- not not discrepancy but the price so out of line with what you'd expect to see for that because yeah i, I it's it's not clear based on the specs and the pricing who the target who the target market is and how big they are. Like, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that would love to get a Steam machine, but I don't think there's enough of them to sustain any sort of, any sort of, you know, like, I don't see a Steam Machine 2 coming out at some point. I kind of feel like, so, I feel like several of these companies may go under because they miscalculated how popular the Steam Machine is going to be. 
No, I don't think they're going to go under simply because, for example, Dell, they were one of the um, companies that was listed as a, a Steam machine developer. Yeah, they, they're just like, we'll offer it, but here you go, whatever. And they'll, I, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with, with Nick right here. Um, the problem was Valve really, started a concept that they wanted multiple uh, multiple companies to work on instead of having their own dedicated machine. Um, when you do that, you're at the mercy of all these different uh, uh, computer makers who want to create a, a high-end machine and a low-end machine. You're trying to Android the, the experience, and the problem is you're going up against the PC market. Even though it is a PC per se, um, you're you're going up against a market that pe people have already built their own machines. A lot of these people have already built their own machines, or they're 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 paying you know what three four hundred bucks for a pre made machine to play the basic games to play Minecraft. If 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 you're trying to go after people who are, are going to play Minecraft or some basic game online, that's not that's that's definitely not the the, the target audience for these Steam machines. And what makes it even worse is people who buy, let's say that you have somebody who actually buys a Steam machine. They're going into it with the perception that they'll be able to play every game on Steam. And that's not the case. Certain games are made specifically for Windows. And they don't have any desire to make a Steam version for the, for the Steam OS. Um, have any of you, uh, any of you two uh, used the Steam OS yet or no? Nope. No need. There's absolutely no need for it. There's no need for it, and and, and I'm I'm confused as to as to the whole product. It, it, the, the whole for, forget the concept of it only being sold in GameStop, which is hilarious to me, because that kind of reminds me a little bit of Ouya and that failed system. Um, well, I'll blame that commercially, but uh... well, that, that yeah, of course. Um, the concept is so. It, it's try it tries to be so broad and yet more than anything in the PC market if you want to distinguish yourself you have to focus that vision you have to you you have to take the plunge that even Microsoft with with all their 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 stupidity created their own hardware to to show off what it can do like here's the Microsoft mouse this is what you can do with it from there, other companies, you know, went on and, and, and did their own mouse. Um, this is what we have vision for, for this. This is what we have vision for that. You know, and then other people took off with that idea. Valve has to get their, their hands dirty and they have to create, here's, here's the Steam machine. If other companies want to go ahead and, and create their own, that's fine. But this is the base model. This is what we think is going to be great for a mass market appeal. This is what what will be able to take advantage of good graphics at a at a good price that is better than than the consoles right now because we have all these different games that that are going to be compatible with the system. Um, you, you have years and years and years worth of games that the that the consoles can't touch. Plus, we we have the 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 the, the awesome Steam uh, platform where you can buy tons of games. You have great sales. They they're not pushing any of that. And they're just leaving it like here's a machine, whoop de doo. Like, w w what's the point? W where where are we going with this? 
Who is it for? The only thing I can think that it's for, it's, it's for a high-end consumer who wants almost like a custom-built experience, like a console experience that's also a PC, and they're willing to pay for it. And I almost wonder if maybe their marketing strategy isn't put out some of the lower entry-level priced consoles closer to the $450 mark. It's still too high, but just to get people's attention, but really they'll make their money off of the extremely high-end devices that I can't imagine they're even going to be massively manufacturing them because I just don't know. I, I can't think, I have to imagine there's maybe like a handful of people that actually are excited about this. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm completely misjudging the market, but it just, it just, it just seems like you would think that one, we haven't seen micro consoles take off yet. Like people have gone out and, and purchased some of them, but the Ouya is not a success. That. It, it seems that fundamentally people are okay with just Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. And Valve and all these Steam Machine producers are not doing anything to make an argument that they deserve to be sitting at that table. Nintendo doesn't even want to be sitting at that table. We keep putting them there. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's those three. And, then every, and, and at this point, the Steam Machines are just an also-ran. Side question: the uh, the Steam OS it's based on Linux, right? And yep. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Like the, for a game to work on it, it has to be it has to work on Linux. So that's one reason. We're, I mean, we're seeing more games because Valve is pushing it. More games are are compatible with Linux, but Linux. I mean, we couldn't even get games to take off on Mac, and Mac has a larger market share than Linux does. I mean, all the Linux distros combined, from a consumer perspective, make up, uh, I think, 1%, maybe less than 1% of the global market share for PCs, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it was, I think Microsoft, not Microsoft, but I think Gabe, because he was really vocal about it, he didn't like the fact that Microsoft was pushing Windows 8 with its own store. He really didn't like that, and that's when he, they really started, that's when they started pushing I don't understand um, why he was so upset about that. Yeah, I don't me either. Well, because I, it's a it's a competitor to Steam. If you can get all the games through Microsoft, then you don't need Steam anymore. And and we, we we've seen how successful Microsoft been with that it, store. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I mean, look look at Microsoft's. You know, everybody kind of sh- you know shrugged their shoulders when it was like, oh, Microsoft's going to put out a console. Well, Nintendo's going to you know Nintendo's better at that. Uh, you know, Sony was still what one generation in at the time, but. Microsoft, when they want to get into a market, they have the clout to do that. And yeah, they'll they'll screw it up at first. Hell, Steam screwed it up at first. Everybody yeah, kind of shrugged their did. shoulders at Steam. So that, you know, he's thinking that if Microsoft really wants to get into the App Store market, and Microsoft's not Microsoft doesn't even care about Steam. Microsoft is looking at Apple and their App Store, and that's what Microsoft wants. And what's one of the big things that everybody buys off the Apple App Store is games. So Microsoft is definitely going to try to push games at some point through their their store. I mean, hell, what is it? Uh, Fable Legends is only available through the uh, Windows 10 Store, right? Yeah. So. Gabe's not looking at the App Store right now. He's looking ahead and thinking of a world where Steam has to fight for space against the store that comes natively with Windows. And so he wants an environment that is completely Microsoft-free to play their games. You mean the same way that Firefox and Chrome have to fight for space against Internet Explorer? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, no, but, but, but the thing is, though, that also, that also led to a lawsuit. 
I mean, we, you know, Microsoft spent how many years in court, you know, having to defend their right to put Internet Explorer on the desktop and bundle it together. And it's all that, all that, I guess what Gabe really fears is that the App Store is decent enough that people don't feel compelled to go out and be like, oh, you know, and I'll get Steam. You know, that if they're, if people are comfortable, just, you, you know, the app store is fine. I don't need to spend the extra, you know, five minutes downloading and installing and setting up Steam. I'll just use the app store. All the games that I want are there. That's the future that Gabe is worried about. And and I think he's right to worry about that because Steam, I mean, when was the last time Valve put out, I guess, other, well, I mean, Dota's free to play. I mean, Steam really drives Valve at this point. Every, I mean, all their games come through Steam. And I'm sure, sure, if you want to play Dota, you'll never be able to get it on the Microsoft app store, presumably. But... I don't know. I think I think he's right to be concerned about that. I just think the problem is that it's in a way it's almost kind of like the voice actor strike that he he's concerned about he's concerned, but I don't know if he has the leverage that he thinks he does. It's not the it's not the leverage. My my problem with him is he doesn't have the vision. It, it, it's it's one thing to have you know. It's one thing to have no leverage, but if you have great vision, you're able to mitigate that. No, you're, had, you're able to you're able to make your your own niche, and that's the has, problem that he that that he has. He's he's not he doesn't he has this grand concept for the for steam machines, but he can't focus it. And if, until he focuses it, it's not going to be a success a successful system. It's probably not even his idea. No, well that's the problem. I think <laughs> he has he has the vision, but he doesn't have the desire to actually do the work. He's basically saying, "We need this environment built. Here's sort of my general idea for this environment. This is what will save us." And he's like, "Okay, go and do this for us." He's too he's doing what Valve always does, which is they delegate to the community. And in this case, if he's really so concerned that this is a, a an extreme threat to his company, he needs to roll his sleeves up, build his own damn steam machine, and start selling it. And if he sells it at a loss, he has to accept that because he's not playing for this generation. He's not playing for the next generation. He's playing to keep Steam and, and Valve viable into the future. Mm-hmm. And, and and that that's his problem. Is he's just he's recognized the problem, but he's not willing to take any action. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the the steam machines. Damn, Nick over here going meow. <laughs> <laughs> the steam machines, like I, I'm, like I like the Steam Link. I think a lot of PC gamers are gonna get the Steam Link, but the Steam Machine itself, the fact that a it does have a Linux based OS, so you're not gonna be able to play all the games. And two, I don't haven't seen any that actually have expansion slots. So people complain, like console users complain enough. That, you know, if if somebody bought an Xbox 360 in 2010, they're kind of complaining that they have to buy Xbox One for 400 or $500 in 2013. You know, and that did happen. Uh, so console users, they're, they're not going to be a big fan of paying $1,000 for a decent Steam machine. And they're paying another $1,000 a few years down the road when it literally can't play the games anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, dude, I, 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 it just baffles me that nobody's made is is working on a Steam machine with expansion slots because that's kind of what you need, you know. Yeah. And you need, and you need to have the whole Steam library available because it's great that Steam has all these sales, but the bulk of these sales are for Windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, uh, it it would be kind of taking a, a, a step away from from Steam. It would be nice to see Sony and Microsoft do that with their their PS4. Uh, with, their, with their with their with not PS4 the, their current systems, because uh, 
it would be cool to be able to remove a slot on the side of the PS4, insert a new graphics card, and play, you know, even even better looking games. It would be. But you know who did that first? Nintendo. Yes, they did. With the... Uh, the, the expansion pack. Yep, on 64. To be yeah. able to perfectly play... Well, perfectly is, is a strong word. To be able to... Uh, somewhat appropriately played perfect dark you needed that sucker otherwise 35 percent of the game was locked away uh, or, or, or what is it 75 percent? i can't remember because i could got, only play a small portion of the game without the with that expansion slot without that expansion slot i got it for rogue squadron that was a noticeable difference that was an awesome game yeah it was oh, a man. noticeable difference with and without the expansion pack my first expansion pack blew up my 64 <laughs> <laughs> that's how powerful it was it blew up the 64 and I had to take it someplace to get it fixed. That's back in the day when you can actually take it. Like Nintendo had like certified uh, repair places, mm-hmm. and you could actually take it somewhere. They'd fix it, and they'd give it back. You know, like the exact same console where they would just switch out the guts if they needed to. Cause I had a whole bunch of like Pokemon stickers on mine, mm-hmm. and I got the same one back. I didn't have to send it there and then get a new console back. Now, if, like, let's say your fucking PS4 breaks and you have a game and that shit, say goodbye to that game, yo. This is, uh, I, and I'm, 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 I hate to ask this question because I don't want to steer too, this, this conversation too far to another direction. Would it be possible for, like, the PS4 or the Xbox One to have, like, a USB, um, an attachment via USB where they could, you know, improve the graphics? Via some yeah. sort of thing uh, on the side, I'll tell you that uh, for via USB, no. the The PS3 has a port. I don't know what the port the is port. called. Yeah, it has a it has a port, like some type of slot port mm-hmm. that you can hook something in. But from what I saw, that I think somebody says for hard drives. Okay, but uh, no, like the USB is just too slow. Like the bus is too slow to to do the the computations. If it's a USB 3.0 drive, it, it, it could host the it could, it could um be for files with no problem because the usb 3.0 moves just as fast if not faster than id and zeta mm-hmm. but not for graphic comp graphical computations gotcha. couldn't do it unfortunately and the system needed to be built with it right you know so side note steam sucks <laughs> no <laughs> steam, just, steam rules steam, steam machine sucks steam, yeah, steam, steam machine, machine concept has... sucks they're, they're, they're the way of promoting the Steam Machine concept sucks, um, and Valve needs to get their shit together if they want it to be a viable alternative to consoles, or even more important to them, the PC market. Yeah, I think the Steam Machines, they're going out into a world where nobody really wants them. <laughs> that's the, that's going to be their problem. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, we'll see. Who knows? We, 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 we may be uh, surprised. I doubt it. But maybe. I was move on to our last topic here, uh, regarding Destiny actually. Oh and Lord. It, and it's showing up on PS4s without people installing it. So actually quick story about how I found out about this. Um the article that Nick sent me was uh, it was a satire article from Forbes. Nick didn't know it was a satire article. So I didn't know if this was actually really happening or not. Uh, but to Forbes, I'd like to say, when you have an article that's satire, somewhere 
inside that article, even if it's a category, it needs to be marked as satire. Like, because Nick, our own Nick, didn't know it was satire. Two things. One, in my defense, I didn't read the full article when I sent it to you. I was uh, There was more so like, I'm sending this to you to read later. Just a quick skimming of it. I couldn't tell if Forbes was being stupid or if this was satire. Two, Forbes does have a record of being stupid on certain things. So it didn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me if this wasn't satire. And three, I think this actually helps prove my case that for last week, that uh, the Call of Duty marketing team needed to be more careful on Twitter because it's the exact same thing, basically. That this was satire presented as, as, as a real article and somebody who is intelligent like me fell for it. Nick, let me, allow me to uh, put a little <laughs> air out of your bone there. First of all, this is Forbes. This is Forbes. So if they have an article that's not marked as satire, it's perfectly believable. You know, it's perfectly acceptable to believe that it's actually happening. Well, it the is other, ha- with Call of Duty, it still came from the <laughs> at Call of Duty account. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Okay. That was, that was bad. Don't try to win that argument from last week. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, but... Uh, no, well, technically, I mean... As far as it being satire, nothing they said was incorrect. It was just the tone that they took. That... And the fake quotes. Were, were the quotes fake? I, again, yes, I even... <laughs> that's how I do it with satire. Let me, allow me. <laughs> okay. This is completely disgusting, said one user from Neograft. I Oh, Neogaf. I buy so many games, I just figured I'd down, I own Destiny already, but hadn't played it since I'm currently on my 13th playthrough of Neck. <laughs> that right there should have been a uh, <laughs> a flag. I pressed some buttons on my DualShock 4 and some screen areas appeared, and suddenly char- and I was suddenly charged $60 out of the blue. What? <laughs> okay. Are you saying that nobody on NeoJaff would play Neck 13 times? Yes, I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying. Here we go. Another gamer on Reddit has this to say. Sony has obviously crossed the line. I'm starting a petition on Change.org to remove this kind of ridiculous, deceptive, and nefarious activity. How dare Sony try to sell me a video game to play on my video game console? (laughs) That's not how the world works. What's next? Advertisements in my email that I'm forced to read and can't unsubscribe from. This was a a satire article. This guy is trying to be funny. Which I thought he was. Um... I thought he actually succeeded. He he made me chuckle a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it definitely was satire. And, but I'm just saying to Forbes, oh, yo, get your shit together. If you're going to make some satire, it has to be marked as satire. Okay. Uh, now, in regards to the thing we actually want to talk about, Sony, uh, t- it basically, it Destiny appeared in people's games libraries. It doesn't mean that the game was actually downloaded. It just appeared in a game library. And if you wanted it, you could just hit the button and download it and buy it. It made it easier to download. They put basically put it in your face like, hey, here, check it out. The Taken King is here. That's basically what they did. And a lot of people didn't like that. Um, you can actually disable that feature. I'm looking for how to do it now. I think yeah, here's, if you go to um, your PS4 settings, go to Featured Content, uh, and uh, you, also if you go to the PS4 System Settings and go to, and go to Automatic Downloads, you can uncheck featured content and it'll stop putting that up there. I've never had featured content show up on my PS4 before, though, to be honest with you. Every game that's showing up on my PS4, I own. Possibly because I buy too many games. Exactly. You guys can say, you already own Destiny, so you're not going to get this to show up as, as featured content. And I think that's the question is, what other games has this shown up 
have, have actually used this feature? Is is it because it seems like Sony and and you know they've kind of been treating Destiny as a, a first party game, even though it's not. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what? But, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, well, no, I just want to say they've, they've been treating it as a first party game, so it makes sense that they would push it in this regard. But it says that there's that, like you know the whole premise of this is that it looks at your library and it figures out what games you would like and it it puts them there to sort of help advertise that. But we haven't heard this doing it for any other game, so it just seems like it's not that this is some kind of AI pre-selecting the game for you. This is just Sony being aggressive in their marketing. You know what it reminds me of? Um, this reminds me of what happened last year with the 3DS, actually. Um, I don't know if, if you any of you two have the 3DS, but there was a little bit of a, a weird situation that happened where everybody had what looked like a game on their 3DS downloaded called Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. Um, and... Like when you when you click on it, it would send you to the eShop so that you could buy it, um, but there was no easy way to delete it from from your from your library. So you kind of had it there. There was eventually a workaround that you could do to, to delete it off your your, your games, um, but it basically you know just showed up out out of nowhere, and and you're just like, I didn't download this game, I didn't buy it. Like, why is this here? It reminds me a lot of that. It's basically the same concept. It's like, hey. Here's Destiny. It's like, if you want to play it, we've looked at your games. We know that you like first-person shooters. Guess what? This is a first-person shooter. Why don't you buy this? I mean, is it really terrible? I don't think so. Can it be a little confusing at first? Yeah, but I, I don't I don't see the, the, the big deal considering that it's already been doing, uh, that other companies have done this, like Nintendo. And it hasn't caused the uproar. Yeah, I mean, I think people are getting upset because they're like, "Oh, they're advertising to me." Game is very sensitive to advertising. Mm. Yeah, like it's uh, the game is very sensitive to advertising. So whenever they get advertised to, they get a little upset. Like this is where he touched me. Like that's oh. <laughs> basically what they're doing. So people are are upset that Destiny's showing up. I mean. I don't know. Like maybe I, maybe I already have Destiny, obviously. So maybe I, you know, I, I, I can't say I would have done X, Y, or Z. I, I thought I would have been. It would have been, you know, a little curious. But you know, maybe I would have checked out the game, pressed the button, uh, and then when it would have taken me to a page to buy it, I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> you know, that's kind of it. Yeah, people are weird. People were in an uproar when they got the the YouTube album for free on their iPhones. They were like, "No! Why is this here? I want it off my phone. I want it off my account. I don't care that it's free. It's garbage. YouTube suck. Uh, YouTube sucks." I almost said YouTube, didn't I? Anyway, yeah. it was like anytime anybody puts anything on their their precious consoles or phones or anything, there's there's always going to be an uproar. Well, they feel an invasion of privacy, um, mainly because that's their device. They bought the device, and somebody else is putting stuff on it without their permission. Right. That's basically... Uh, I, I get that to a degree. Although, technically, I'm sure in one of those EULAs that they clicked on at some point, they gave them permission. Oh, I mean, hell, just, bu- just well, buying the device and, and you know signing into their network, you basically give them permission. So, it's it's the illusion of the invasion of privacy. 
you have given us permission to steal your soul at any point in time, should you continue to play this game. Yeah. Yeah, they're giving them permi- tons of permission to do lots of stuff, including stop supporting the game. At any given time. You know, uh, or the device. But yeah, that's that's why people just get they're getting upset because, you know, they feel that they're they're being invaded and it's just like, well, I mean, I don't I I don't know what to tell them, you know. I mean, it's an annoyance. And it's it'll be there. I I think I'd be more upset if Sony actually had Destiny download overnight, like while your PS4 is in rest mode. You know, yeah, that would be a problem. That's a problem because then, especially in, in places where people have metered internet. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that 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 would be. I think that'd be more of a uh, of an issue. But you know, it is what it is. Or if you're running out of hard drive space. Because it's huge. What about what did you say? Uh, what if or, uh, weren't there people who were having a problem they couldn't download the Taken King because it was too big? That if you, uh, that, that was on the PS3 though, I think. But that was on the PS3. But if if you've crammed your your hard drive to a certain point and Sony tries to automatically download Destiny, that that's going to be a problem too. Right. Yeah. I I, I don't think that they'll be d- the automatically downloading games. I hope not. That would be very, very bad. They say that that's kind of the intent, though, because they basically want it to be like, oh, hey, here's this game that that we think looks cool for you. Hit this button, and then you can download and play it. And they want to reduce the time it is from the time you hit the button to the time that you're actually playing the game. So they do want to start pre-downloading certain things for you. So presumably it won't be put anywhere that it can't easily be deleted and then you know re- the space reallocated if necessary. But that's kind of their goal, is that almost instantaneous purchases that... St- that the PlayStation is going to know what you want to buy before you buy it. I don't if, blame them. If they even get to do that, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. That's no, okay. No, go if, for it. If they even get to do that, I would definitely make a, a, a slight update that says by clicking here, you and just put it in plain text. We are launching a new service where we will uh, every month we will select a game that we think that you will enjoy. And we will pre-download to your hardware or to your to your hard drive. Click here if you agree to, to to this. Click here if you don't. And then, like let let the consumer. But at least that way you're telling your the consumer, hey, you're not going to be charged for this. We will automatically download. Some of these games may be large. You can decide whether or not you want to keep them. And if you do, fine. We'll uh, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, send you to the shop so you can buy it. You don't. We'll delete it off your system. That way, you you, ha- you you give at least a consumer choice, and 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 that way you you eliminate some problems. But I'm I mean, if if all it is is just you know a link, basically that's what it is, a link to the store so that you can buy uh, buy Destiny. I, I really don't see the problem. Uh yeah, I, I think they need to not automatically download anything except updates for games you already have. Mm-hmm. You know. But that's that's just me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Forbes, get it together. Put put some fucking satire tags in your articles, and people take it easy. Take it easy. It was just, it was just an icon. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know how anybody even noticed this. I think everybody should already own Destiny on the PS4. Everybody should own Destiny on the PS4. Yes, because it's the ultimate Destiny experience. Ah, <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's end the podcast there. 
uh, wrapping it up. Yeah. Uh, Right over an hour. Uh, So, let's see what we got here. You can catch the MASH cast every Monday. Okay, that's that's us. What you listen to right now? We are on the we are on every Monday from now until I think at least December. At the end of time. Yeah. Well, only one can hope. Uh. So yeah, we uh, you you can catch the Mashcast every Monday. You can catch uh Wow Talk every other Tuesday, except this Tuesday. Uh, yeah, something funky's happening on Wow Talk. It's gonna be this Tuesday. Then a three-week break, and then it's back on every other Tuesday. Correct, Nick? I think no. Well, well we're gonna because BlizzCon's throwing everything out of whack for us, and, and also my schedule. But it's this Tuesday. Then we're off for three weeks. We'll have our pre-BlizzCon show. Then we'll have our post-BlizzCon show, and then I think we're gonna do. It's gonna be every other week, starting with the pre-BlizzCon show. So like the post-BlizzCon show is gonna be a special edition, and then we'll have every other. So it'll be like th- no, none for three weeks. Then we'll have three straight weeks, and then every other week, basically. Okay. What? Yeah, it's confusing. Just, just just subscribe. It'll show up when it's there. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So Wow Talk, just subscribe to it. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, besides Wow Talk in orbit, after this uh, episode coming up, which is either gonna be out Monday or Tuesday, depending on how fast people can get me their audio, mm-hmm. uh, is gonna be that's gonna be bi-weekly as well. Bi-monthly. And, by monthly, no, by weekly. It's fucking by Jorge. It's bi weekly. Damn it! Damn it. That, Jesus! That, that whole thing just <laughs> every, every two fucking weeks. time, Jorge. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a, uh, it is going to be bi weekly, and it's going to alternate with Wow Talk once that goes back on its regular schedule. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Then we ha- also have uh, Double Tap, which is still monthly for the time being. Okay, so Double Tap is monthly, the first week of every month. And then we also have, we're going to have some more review podcasts coming in, some more interviews. We're going to have lots of stuff happening. So uh, there's lots of mash those buttons to listen to. And you can listen to all that on iTunes or on Overwatch if you use that for iOS. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio for Android and iOS. We are on Player.fm and we are on Pocket Casts. And you can just... You know, get use your own RSS feed uh, or uh, you know, custom RSS reader if you want to. So, lots of different ways to listen to mash those buttons. Uh, we're going to be doing round three of our gigantic uh, beta code giveaway starting Monday. So, when you listen to this, that should be available. Uh, so, we've already had uh, I think about twenty winners so far. We have fifty keys total. Well, actually, sorry, we have sixty keys. Uh, we're gonna be giving away ten on stream, and uh, so we still have thirty keys to give away. So, if you want to play gigantic, which is a lot of fun, this is how you can get in. So, yeah, that's that's everything. Uh, thank you guys for listening, uh, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. Meow. Oh fuck! No, no, no! We're not done yet. Remix. Remix. What did we forget? DJ no, we Clue. Fr- Clue. T- t- Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. Oh. You can follow us on Twitter. I-, I was like, wait, I'm missing something <laughs> with the gigantic thing. We're we're missing something. It's it- <laughs> sorry, folks. You can follow us on Twitter, which is twitter.com/slash MTB site. That's very important if you do the gigantic contest because that's how we send out the keys via DM on Twitter. So twitter.com/slash MTB site. We're on Facebook.com/slash Mash Those Buttons and YouTube.com/slash Mash Those Buttons. Nick, where can they find you? 
I'm at Wookie BH. Yeah, Wookie BH. Okay, and on Twitter and uh, Jorge. Uh, I am J I V as in Victor E G U I L L A on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook at Jorge J O R G E V as in Victor E G U I L L A. Uh, you can find me on PSN at Go Two. That's the number two N R G. So G O number two N R G. And uh, you can find me on in orbit as well, obviously. All right. And I am on Twitter. You can find me underscore Ja underscore. So underscore J A A underscore. That's how you can find me. And this time we're for real. We want you to have a good week and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. See you.